Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Joe Rest Podcast, recorded on the 29th of June 2017. I'm Joe and I am alone, except I'm not alone. I'm surrounded by cars. As you can probably hear, I'm driving along the motorway. I've been up north to the north of England for a family event. Well, I may as well tell you a funeral, extended family. I wasn't particularly close to the person who died, but it was still rather upsetting. But there we go. And so I'm stuck in traffic with nothing better to do than either listen to podcasts or create one. So I thought I would create one. I had planned to do it in the hotel room last night, but that has not materialized. It didn't work out. I was too tired. And so I just did a bit of editing and stuff of Foss Talk Live podcasts. So a lot has happened. It's been a long, long time. It's funny that we've just done Fast Talk Live 2017 last weekend. It's now Thursday. And the last time we did a Joe S was Jesse joined me to talk about the last Fast Talk Live. So although that was in August and it took a while to get around to recording it, it shows how long it's been. And quite a lot's changed in that time. I have stopped doing Linux Luddites. That ended at the end of last year, at Christmas, and we've started Late Night Linux. Which, if you're listening to this, you probably listen to Late Night Linux anyway, or certainly are aware of it. But if you've ever listened, if you've listened to all of these, put it that way, from episode one, you'll realise that I started the very first episode in my car, recorded on this portable recorder, albeit stationary and the whole point of it was for me to have something to listen back to in the future and I've actually found myself going back to listen to the odd one to remind myself about things already and uh, I'd more planned for sort of 10, 20, 30 years in the future if uh, the world hasn't come to an end by then so yeah let me talk about um, late night Linux first of all well let me talk about uh, Linux Luddites and the, the end of that it was it was quite sad actually funnily enough I was up in the same place in the north when I received the email from Paddy quite a lengthy email with with firm plans of how we were going to wrap up the show and it was only two episodes um, more to go and so I, I spent the whole of this journey back down to London thinking about it and I was actually falling asleep at the wheel and I should have stopped really it was grossly irresponsible of me to not stop Um, but instead I phoned Jesse first because Paddy was asleep and then Paddy and discussed it at length about what we were going to do and the future and everything and it was on this very journey on this very motorway that it was decided that I would um, well that we would stop it and that we would do something new and then I'd kind of been kicking around various ideas for new shows uh, and what would ultimately replace Linux Luddites um, but we we just we didn't quite know and, and we only had then about a month or maybe five weeks to work out exactly what we were going to do but we actually had less than that because we wanted to announce the name of it and stuff before we recorded the last one and we we wanted to get straight on with it we didn't want to take a huge break and and end up uh, not actually doing it and so having spoken to Jesse about it 
we decided that the two of us together wouldn't make a very interesting show because we didn't know enough about Linux. And so we thought, well, who shall we ask who knows loads about it? And for me, it was obvious to ask Ike. And I, so I went on, the only way I could talk to him back then was on the, the Solus IRC channel. And so I went on there and then I PM'd him. And, uh, you know, I said to him that Linux Lodos has come to an end and we're looking to start this new thing. And he had said to me, subsequently said to me, that he was thinking, well, yeah, cool story, bro. Like, nice one. Why are you telling me? And then I said to him, well, are you up for it? And he, he took him by surprise, apparently, hugely. And, um, but I think that was the best thing that we ever did, was asking Ike to do it, because I think that he is really funny. And it also sort of somewhat inspired the fourth member, because I was talking to Jesse Wright. Well, Ike knows loads about servers and desktop Linux and stuff, but we need someone who knows about the mobile side of things as well. And it just dawned on me, failing Whiteley. We'd had him on the show uh, to talk about how he d uses Android with no Google services, because he, he's real, really into the freedom stuff. And so we asked him and he said yes, and then I suppose the rest is history. And it's the first episode was a little bit awkward. It, it took a while to get going, but then it seems that I think we are 14 episodes in now, and it's been it's been amazing how quickly we've developed chemistry and banter. That noise there was my phone falling out of my cradle, which is really annoying. I have to keep putting it back in or keep attempting to. My phone is acting as a sat nav for me, even though I don't need to. Uh, it's a very straightforward drive put it that way but I like to see the traffic and stuff uh, anyway so yeah I feel that that show has gone from strength to strength and almost immediately we had more listeners than we had with Linux Luddites even though we changed RSS feeds and changed website and all the rest of it and I was hoping that we would continue to have you know we would keep some of the audience you know a significant chunk of it I had hoped and try and build it up but then immediately we had more downloads and we kind of crossed a threshold where we could get advertisers interested and that's been a funny journey. We've managed to get Entraware sponsoring us and they've been really cool, um, albeit, well I'm not going to say it's, it's not very much money but they only ship to certain markets, um, certain countries and so I didn't think it was fair to charge them for the percentage of the audience coming from other countries like the US and Canada, which makes up a large part of the audience. So we're not making as much as we could if it was potentially a more international brand. But I'm not complaining, it's been good to have some of that money coming in. And I was very keen to um, get an advertiser for the show before we solicited for donations. I mean, donations is not a word I like because that suggests charity. And we're not a charity. I'd, I'd very much like it to be my job. And that's what I've been speaking about on this podcast, the JRS podcast, since its beginning, is that I would love to get paid for doing nothing, is what I see. It's not doing nothing. There's a lot of hard work involved in podcasting, but it's work that I enjoy doing and I would be happy to get paid for. The only problem is that it doesn't pay very well. Um, but we've had people on Patreon and uh, and PayPal and stuff, and I'm immensely grateful to them for that. 
and so we, we've got some money coming in covering the cost of it at least and uh, there's a little bit of money accruing now I need to work out how we're gonna distribute that and whatnot but that's all boring but yeah it, it's been pretty cool to to do late night Linux and the fact that we swear on it I was unsure whether I should swear on this but traditionally I haven't and I'm sober now so I probably won't swear on this don't worry if you're uh, listening to it with other people around and yeah it's, it's given us a real freedom to be able to swear on that show and I think it's made it more relaxed and just better as a result um, I think we it depends on how drunk we all get when we recorded on Monday this week it was just it was like uh, it's hard to describe really but just like going down to the pub and having a really good laugh with your mates I suppose that's what it's like most of the time when we record really um, it, it doesn't feel very difficult I don't have to do much editing um, it just feels very natural and relaxed and I hope that comes across um, so yeah I'm, I'm glad to do it it was always um, good to do Luddites but Paddy was a nightmare to record with is the bottom line because he's someone who likes to really consider what he's saying and he'll just stop for 30 seconds to think about what he's going to say and compose it properly and then have a couple of goes at it and he by his own admission is not a performer he he really liked all the preparation and the, the pre-production stuff whereas I um, I'm doing more of that well I'm basically doing most of that for Late Night Linux which I don't really mind doing because that's quite interesting as well um, but I, I do like performing I suppose um, I mentioned Foss Talk Live, I suppose I should talk about that. I also need to talk about um, Linux Action News. Um, I suppose I'll do it in chronological order then, I'll get back to Foss Talk Live. I'll have to try and remember and I've got no one to remind me. I'm still stuck in terrible traffic by the way. It, if Once I get past this traffic it's going to get a lot louder, the background noise, so I should probably hurry up. Um, so yeah, Linux Action News, that is really bizarre that I have managed to end up on a show on Jupiter Broadcasting which is effectively the replacement or one of the main replacements for Linux Action Show which was the longest running I think and certainly the most popular I think Linux podcast if you think Linux podcasts that's the one you think of and some people say they've got too many adverts and don't like the American style and whatever but it is still there's no denying that Jupiter Broadcasting is the biggest name in Linux podcasting. Uh, it's it's weird that it was the first podcast I ever listened to. I there used to be a thing whose name I've forgotten now, uh, a website where you could search for music and it would play it like Spotify, only just all pirate stuff effectively, but it was all streaming, so I didn't really care. And I searched for Linux on there. This was before I'd ever listened to any podcasts. And uh, found Linux Action Show and got into that, then got into Linux Outlaws and then discovered audiobooks and other podcasts as well and then decided to have a go at it and the rest is history. Oh, we're going a bit faster now but we're going to slow down. Um, so when Chris decided that he didn't really want to do Linux Action Show anymore and he was kind of kicking around ideas and he wanted to do this new show and he asked Martin Wimpress to do it first I don't suppose that's a, 
a huge secret but he just didn't have the time and Chris has said that he knew that Wimpy wouldn't have the time to do it but he thought he'd ask him anyway and Wimpy apparently suggested that I should do it and so Chris asked me and uh, then we went back and forth on the format of it whether we were going to do video whether it was going to be audio only whether we were going to live stream it and to what extent it was going to be edited that sort of thing and it ended up being basically everything I wanted which was not live streamed no video edited to make it just really easy as far as I'm concerned some people would rather do it live and just sort of top and tail it and chuck it out which is probably what I'll do with this because it's really hard to do edits when there's loads of background noise that's why there's loads of umming and ahhing in this I'm afraid sorry uh, so that's worked out nicely for me. Phone's just fallen out of the cradle again. Excellent stuff. And so we're only uh, seven episodes in or something now. So it's hard to say how that's going really. I think that our styles are very different from each other. And so that makes it tricky I suppose because I'm sort of laid back and very English whereas he's very I'm not going to say brash but American you know yeah I'm sure that you've all heard at least a bit of him he's very outgoing loud positive about everything whereas I'm the complete opposite of that and so in theory it should work and I think we are hitting our stride now but I think that our contrasting styles didn't we, we didn't have chemistry we didn't have you know amazing chemistry to start with I think we're developing that as we get to know each other better and we do when we record we do tend to speak for ages off air just about this that and the other so I think as we get to know each other that should get better anyway but it's it's amazing to me to be uh, well my, I like to sort of joke with my wife that I'm a professional podcaster because I do get a little bit of money for it not very much but um, she says uh, you have to be doing it full time to be professional so I, maybe I'm semi-professional but it's, it's very odd that I'm effectively working for Jupiter Broadcasting um, which is it's some I mean they, 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 I'm not saying that they've done everything right and how I would want to do it but you can't be in Linux podcasting and not sort of at least be aware of what Chris has been doing there for the last 10 years plus um, and so it, it's all very surreal still to me but there we go hopefully um, that's going to go from strength to strength and uh, I've got loads of other ideas for shows as well but it's always a case of time and you know I'd, I had thought about starting my own network at one point and I came up with a few different shows and the problem that I think Chris has with his network is that he's on most of the shows which means that he's just totally tied down to it and it's so um well, just tying is the word. He has to have such a commitment to it. Because if you are just running the backroom stuff, if you're doing the production and the web hosting and the business admin, you can pay other people to do that and no one's going to notice necessarily. I mean, I suppose production-wise, certainly pre-production, you might notice if someone else took over. But it's easier to swap that out, even if it's just temporarily while you go on holiday for a week or two. Whereas for him to not be a host of the shows, people get a bit funny about that, understandably. Um, 
so I had thought about starting my own network anyway and I'd been thinking very seriously about it but the commitment that it would take for me to do it would be would mean that I wouldn't earn very much money at all and also I think the bottom line is I'm not really famous enough my shows aren't popular enough to justify starting a network certainly not yet I mean who knows what's going to happen in the future but I think for now I'm sort of happy enough doing these two shows I'd wanted to do a live show and I suppose that gets me onto Fast Talk Live um, ah excellent so I'm now going full speed so it's probably going to get pretty loud now so I should probably rattle through the Fast Talk Live stuff quickly so Fast Talk Live we did in August last year and that was good fun and we did it again this year and not much was different really except that uh, I had a bit more help this time round on the night and so I was able to socialise a little bit more but still not as much as I'd wanted to I think that if you are running an event there's just no way that you can expect to just have a good time and socialise with everyone you, you've got too much to do even if it's a small event like that but um, it, it, was, uh, it was definitely good fun I think probably more fun than last time it was less chaotic the, the mashup show was more fun because we I wasn't quite as drunk although I was pretty drunk and I said some stuff that I really shouldn't have about the Raspberry Pi Foundation it was all true and that's why I've left it in the edit and I've not demanded that it be cut out of the video and stuff but politically it was a very bad move I think if I want to be doing this tech podcasting stuff it's probably not a good idea to badmouth the Raspberry Pi Foundation although I've always said with regards to that oh, yeah, a bit of background in case you haven't heard that I basically said that they don't care about free software or, and uh, open source and they've built their empire on open source and yet don't really seem to care very much about it um, which you know they've, they care a little bit but they, they don't care as much as they should and people say that's not their mission and I say well that's fair enough they've never said it's their mission but I feel that they should do but anyway, it's, it's been said now, and I've said it again now, which is probably unwise, but oh well. And I, was, uh, I said it in quite drunken short terms with swearing in it, put it that way. Um, so I don't know what else to say about that night, really. It was just good fun. Uh, but as with last time, it made me want to do it regularly. But the problem is, you can't do uh, an, even, uh, an evening, an event like that, all the time because it wouldn't be special so you can only really do it annually which makes me think well what else could I do that is a more regular event because it's a very small venue and you have to guarantee 25 people in the audience or well you have to bring 25 people to get it for free I mean they were so impressed with the number of people who came this time that I got uh, a couple of free drinks from the bar because they usually don't have anywhere near that number of people which is not it's not a reflection on me it's a reflection on the whole community I think that uh, the, the other podcasts are popular and people wanted to come and see them and just hang out really but anyway so if you only need 25 people if a pub says that to you you've got to guarantee 25 people that really means about 15 so for me to do a regular live show uh, not on a Saturday as well if it was say on a Sunday or Monday then I'd probably only need 
to bring, uh, well, to attract, say, 15 people, maybe even 10 would be enough. And if I could get 20, 25, they'd, they'd probably be really happy with that, the pub. And so I've been umming and ahhing about what to do and thinking about doing something more general. Basically, like the Joe Rest podcast has been at points when there's been another person with me talking about life, the universe, and everything, essentially, but in a sort of somewhat humorous way. I did actually pitch an idea to a friend of mine who is a professional entertainer who I've been meaning to interview for a long, long time, but it's always a problem with scheduling and stuff. Uh, it turns out she is now pregnant, so it's probably a good job that she turned me down. But I, I, I had a meeting with her about a live show that we would do together. It would be um, discussion and humour and music to some extent. And she sort of somewhat liked the idea, but she had a few irons in the fire. But then when I actually laid out uh, a Google Doc with uh, a pilot episode it was at that point she said right I'm not doing it <laughs> so I, I can only assume therefore that she was not uh, into the specific ideas of it I don't know uh, She she's the wife of a very very good friend of mine, a very dear friend of mine and so we are friends as a result but uh, I don't know her quite well enough to have really gone into the ins and outs of it at the time she said that she didn't have time to do it and she it was a case of priorities and stuff so who knows because she does theater and um, cabaret and stuff like that and she needs to earn money and I think that she just didn't see enough future in it I I still stand by the idea that I had but what are you gonna do so I've, I've been thinking about it and I thought well why not combine the idea of doing a live show that is sort of very egocentric the kind of Joe show with uh, either regular guests or a co-host or two or whatever why not combine that with the sort of Fostalk Live gig style setup where there are other podcasts who could do a live show and I, it would be an excuse for me to play to their audience as well um the problem with that is, certainly in music in London, if you put on a musical gig in London, say a load of metal bands or a load of rock bands or whatever, what happens is, uh, if you've got each band that plays for like 45 minutes to an hour or whatever uh, throughout the night, the, the first band's friends will come and see them and then disappear, and then the second band's friends will come and see them and disappear, and then the third band's friends will do the same. And so I thought, hmm, how to avoid that? Well, what if we had, say, two shows, so two different podcasts, and then members from each one of those could join me for the last show, the mashup show, again, idea stolen from Fostalk Live, where we would uh, talk about stuff that I came up with, I suppose, sort of have that be my show. <laughs> and egotistically, uh, I think that eventually people would start coming for that show rather than the, the two other shows or as well as let's say the other two shows and it would be a good idea to, uh, to build up an audience and as I say if you put 50 people in that room it is heaving that was my windscreen wipers sorry if you put 50 people in there it is really really busy it's it just full 
rammed capacity. So you don't even need, if you had 30 people in there, it would feel nice and, and full because it's so small. So I, I don't think that it is unachievable to do that. The problem is that every Sunday night, I'm doing Linux Action News now, which I'm enjoying and want to keep doing. And my plan had been to do this live show on probably Sunday or Monday nights. Uh, so I could potentially do it on the other Monday night that I'm not doing late night Linux. But then it all comes back to whether I really go for this or not. Do I attempt to go full time effectively with podcasting? Or certainly not, well, maybe not full time, but certainly do less proper work. But the money for my proper work is so much better, even though I hate doing it on the whole, although it's to some extent less so these days. But I don't know, do I follow my dream or do I just keep chugging away for a bit, get more famous? I mean, famous is a funny word. I, my niece has got a, an Instagram channel, a channel, account, I don't know. I don't know what Instagram is. It's just a load of pictures and videos. But anyway, she has got... She started it with a friend, and they've got a hundred and something followers. And uh, so I had to try and trump her and tell her that I've got 600 and something followers on um, Twitter and stuff. And I said to her, I'm famous, me. And she said, no, you're not. I don't believe you. And uh, it's... I'm not really. Obviously, I was somewhat joking. But, but anyway, I, I am in the right circles somewhat well known I suppose you would say but I think that I need to be a lot more well known in order to make anything approaching a living anything more than beer money I suppose from podcasting and events and stuff like that and so I suppose the sensible thing to do would be make hay while the sun shines with regards to my current work situation and try and save up money if possible Meanwhile, build up my podcasting fame, for want of a better word, and then at some point, some abstract point in the future, um, I could make a better go for it, make more of a, a go of it. Windscreen wipers again. So, right, well, the rain is starting to come down, and I've probably rambled too long for this one. Who knows when the next one's going to be? It's been months and months and months. Who knows if this is even going to be audible? I'll probably have a quick listen to it now. And uh, that's if I even remember to press record on it. So, yes, until next time then, um, I will see you later. (laughs) 